Welcome to episode three of Women on the Move, Behind Closed Doors podcast series. In season one, we are bringing you the latest insights from leading business women and entrepreneurs. Hello, I am Donnie Walford, the founder and managing director of Behind Closed Doors. And in today's episode, I am speaking with Anushka Christie, Deputy CFO of Naval Group. Headquartered in Paris, Naval Group is a global and major French defence contractor. Today we will hear about Anushka's journey from Sri Lanka to Australia, about her career journey leading her to be recently promoted to Deputy CFO of a global defence company, and why she believes coaching and mentoring is important in your career. When I Google Anushka Christie, it's very difficult to find out anything about you, Anushka. I am sure our listeners for today's podcast would be interested in hearing about your journey, not only from Sri Lanka to Adelaide, but also your career journey. Let's start with why you emigrated to Australia and decided to settle in Adelaide. So with me, I moved to Australia because I was um, lucky enough to get a scholarship to Uh, the University of Adelaide. After that, my family said it was probably safer for me to stay in Australia because Sri Lanka had a civil war at the time. So once I finished uni, I looked for work in Australia and ended up staying here long term. So what was what was your first six months like out of out of your own country and living in in Australia and and particularly going to university, making new friends? How, how, How did you settle in? It was tough because I'd never really left home before without my parents and my mum was not very keen that I come in the first instance so she, it was really quite tough and I remember because it was yesterday, 20 years to on the 6th of August and I didn't even know how cold it would be so I remember wearing like a summer dress and coming into Adelaide and it was just freezing. So um, I had somebody from the university pick me up because I didn't know anybody in Australia so um, it was a tough six months and my plan was always as soon as I finish uni, I'm out of here, I'm back to <laughs> Sri Lanka. But I just, yeah, just 20 years later, I'm still here. So I'd like to find out a, a little bit more about your career. And I know um, you're now the Deputy CFO for Naval Group. So tell us about Naval Group and what it's like working for a French company. So Naval Group's been around for about 400 years in France, so it's fairly established in France, but in Australia it's quite a young company. So it's completely different to having to set up a whole company from scratch in terms of processes and all of that. Um, it's been interesting, not just from a French side, but um, just having lots of new people start every week. So I've been here for close to three years now, and I'm probably one of the oldest in the company. So... Um, the, the French influences, we celebrate Bastille Day, we, we, we try and do lots of Australia Day and Bastille Day and just things that bridge the cultural gaps. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I've got to go to Paris, so I can't complain. So it's, it's not, I've never worked for an international company before. I've always been in local companies. So having that opportunity also to work across two countries has been really, um, it's been really good. And you're actually deputy CFO to a CFO who is French. And as you say, you're actually not Australian yourself. So do you, do you find uh, that sometimes you don't understand each other's language? 
Uh, yes, I think so. And um, it, we work together now. So since I started the company, I've had two French CFOs. So I, I know lots of people say our oh, French company, but I think at the crux of it is also a personality thing. So it's really because I've worked with English, I've worked with Australians, I've worked with Italians in my career. And sometimes we can box it as just being a French thing, but it's really just different personalities having to get along. Because even within the French groups that we have, we have lots of different personalities and lots of people who respond to things differently. So tell us about your career opportunities. I mean, how did, how did you end up in a in the Naval Group and how how did you get to build your way to the Deputy CFO and what have been some of the key challenges along the way? I, I guess I always knew I wanted to be an accountant because my dad was an accountant and I just love numbers so that's a bit boring but that's what I like. And I guess for me because I came to Australia by myself and Really, I knew that I couldn't really rely. I guess my parents didn't have the financial means to support me. So I worked through McDonald's when I to support myself um, whilst I was at uni. And um, then really just to, um, so I was always looking. I remember applying to all the jobs in the, in the phone book at the time, because at the time there were phone books. So I guess it's been, I've been quite lucky because in throughout my career, I've had in a way people who have always, seen things in me that maybe sometimes I don't see myself. Throughout my career, it has been a challenge in a way to get into the workforce. I think once I was in the workforce and I could prove myself by my work and my work ethic, it was a bit easier. But getting into, when I, I remember there were lots of setbacks getting into the workforce. But once I got in, I just had to really work hard, in a way sometimes twice as hard as the average person, I feel, just to establish myself and prove that I could do it. Yeah, and it just kind of went up from there. So Anushka, we, we often hear women say in their careers that they need to work at least twice as hard as a male just to be noticed uh, and, and to receive promotions. What you're saying is you'll have to work twice as hard again uh, yeah. as a woman and as a, a woman from a different country. Uh, I think so. I think it was more early on in my career, like getting into an accounting firm at the time was really quite, there were so many people, it's like, I remember some people saying, no, you just, you're just not going to fit into the culture of this company. And then I remember my second job, I was probably in my early 30s and went in and some, one of the, the, the senior boss at the time said to the hiring manager that because I was a female and I'm not Caucasian and because I might have babies <laughs> soon, <laughs> they, um, they didn't think I was suitable for the job. And I remember the hiring manager saying, because the hiring manager eventually became my boss and she told me this later on. She said, um, she, she said to the, her boss, I'm not hiring her for any of those reasons. I'm hiring her for her skills. But even once I went into the company, it took me, I had to really, I remember him yelling at me on the second day that I was there and I had to really work. I remember what it, what eventually got him over the line was the fact that I just worked. I presented some really good reports and once he, he saw the, my work, he then said he wanted me to write all his reports for him. So he, my work had to speak for itself before I could, um, yeah, before he was willing to trust or accept me really in a way. Wow. So what would be... 
your advice to other young women who are who are not not necessarily just from a different country but getting into the workforce what 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 would be your advice to them I think it's just to keep persevering not to give up when when it gets hard because I sometimes talk to people these days and they'll be oh, I hate my job and um I think when you're at when you're in a position where you have no choice you you get a certain perseverance that sometimes might not come if you didn't like for me even at McDonald's I had when I first came started at McDonald's I couldn't tell the difference between a $1 coin and a $2 coin and I was working in a very fast-paced McDonald's and the manager would like pinch me from the back if I wasn't so it wasn't it wasn't easy but I knew that I had to persevere because if I didn't if I had quit I wouldn't have had income to support myself so it wasn't for me really working hard and persevering was not a choice it was just i had to do it because i had the necessity exactly but i just when i see sometimes people just giving up when things get a bit difficult very quickly it's just such a shame because sometimes you just have to persevere to get to the next thing when i moved to neighbor group i i had to set up my whole team i've got a team of about 10 or 11 people now under me but i had none when i started and i had to set up the whole team by myself and really i had to call on skills that i used to have from years ago so yeah it's just not to try and cut, just work hard know what you want to do and then really just to learn from others it, and if they wanted to get into executive roles because be, being in a career is one thing but actually getting into leadership and then executive roles is different so what would you suggest they focus on to get into executive so again for me i didn't set out wanting to be an executive i said to my old boss the previous year for i'm like there's no way i can do this i just don't know why you think i can and he's like no no it's okay you've you've you built yourself up to this you can do it and it was only for two months thank god it wasn't for longer at the time but i realized when i was sitting in executive meetings they think quite differently executives think more strategic they don't just think of the current problem but they're quite strategic and i really i think in my two months of being the an executive at the time was what i gained most was really learning from how strategically they think and i think i realized then that there was a gap in in the sense where i was to do it if i was to be an executive the long haul then i needed to build on those to think strategically to plan into the future to have vision cast and so i think i think meeting you donny was very uh, much helpful for me in that regard you mentioned a little earlier about understand what you want to do a lot of people don't know what what's next what that next step is I mean you were very clear on what you wanted but if they weren't clear would you suggest getting an executive coach or some form of coach and mentor and secondly for people who do want to be an executive is would that be your advice as well sometimes you don't know what you don't know so i think having somebody outside come and say okay i think you can be x so i think you can be cfo i think you can be deputy cfo you need it helps to really good for somebody to call that out in you and then to be able to help you you have to be willing to 
get feedback, really. I remember when I first, my first session with you, I walked away going, oh my gosh, that was hard. Not not because it wasn't a good session, but it was in a way to be confronting because you, throughout your life, like you had to be willing to be told, look, maybe you're not doing it quite right. Maybe you need to do it differently. Maybe you need to talk less and listen more. <laughs> my boss used to say to me often, Sometimes you need to go down before and really go down before you can go up again. So Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't heard that analogy before, but it makes sense that sometimes you don't learn until you are totally vulnerable. So yeah, I, I, I haven't heard that before. It's 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 You can use it, Donnie. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and Anushka, finally, what advice would you give your younger self? I was thinking about this last night. So I'm about to turn 40. So it's like a big milestone for me to think about my younger self. I think what I would have said was that it's okay to focus a bit on um, on myself personally as well, because I was so driven from a very young age because I really had no choice. In order to survive in Australia, I had to work hard and I had, so it was always in the back of my mind that was, so I didn't take a lot of breaks. I mean, I did, but it was never like, taking six weeks off to go and do some hiking or travel around Europe. I didn't really get do all of that because I, um, and not that I regret it, but I think if I, I was to do it again, I would give myself a few more breaks along the way and really not to um, not be too hard on myself. Like the sun will come out again and you will be okay. And that's what I do now with my team. I try and, because we are in a very challenging sort of environment, uh, because it's so fast paced and we sometimes we don't and we are setting up a, the company from scratch sometimes we we don't see things until the mistake has happened so I, what i say to my team is it's okay we pick this up just at the right time we will fix it and you will never we will never be in this position again that's an excellent piece of advice because generally people think mistakes are failures and they're not they are learning opportunities unless you don't reflect and learn from them. Yeah. So that that's that's an excellent piece of advice. And and in, in my opinion, you'll only fail if you give up. And even in in America, in particular, they actually applaud people who fail in businesses, for example, because they say just get up and do it better the next time. And yeah. so Anushka, you've been absolutely fabulous today, and thank you so much for all those those gems of pieces of advice to help other women in their careers. Take Thank care. you, Donnie. Thanks for listening to the Women on the Move podcast brought to you by Behind Closed Doors. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. To find out more about leadership and professional development for you, visit BehindCloseDoors.com where you can find the full range of memberships and coaching and mentoring options available. This is a Narrative Network podcast.